Welcome to Entrepreneurs. I'm Joseph Andrews, your host for this evening. Um, Funny story, I was editing stuff down in the basement tonight. I'm currently in my truck because there's privacy and I can talk as loud as I want, not interrupt anybody. But I was finishing up our first episode, getting the editing done. Uh, I showed it to Lance and he's like, I just got the title. I think I brought the title up to him like a month ago or something on Trip and Oars. He's like, I didn't get it until just now. It's entrepreneurs. Yeah. So a lot of people have asked me, what is Bitrunner? What do you guys do? And I think nine, nine times, no, 10 times out of 10, people say, hey, Joseph, is Bitrunner a Bitcoin application? Does it have to do with, you know, cryptocurrency? And the answer is no. It has nothing to do with that. Um, this goes back... Uh, to our, kind of our philosophy is that it doesn't really matter what your business idea is. I mean, people are successful selling books about how essential oils were used in the Bible for crying out loud. Um, it doesn't matter what it is you do. It doesn't matter what it is your name. I mean, Google was made up. Facebook is a dumb name. Oh gosh, it is a stupid name. But it sticks. It doesn't matter. And if you establish your brand, eh, nobody else is competing for it. I mean, in the past, David and I have tried some other uh, ventures, and they were very unsuccessful. We had a cool idea. We were going to make a website business and build websites for people. Turns out that's a terrible idea, and we've learned from our mistakes. Um, But we called ourselves Reaction Web Services, and we got a client who was working with us, and I think they were halfway through building a site with us when they went to reactionweb.com, which is like a different site-building thing. And Reaction Web found out that we were using the name Reaction Web Services. And we may have been older than them. It doesn't matter because they were a corporation and we were just a bunch of idiots in college. And they sent us a legal notice telling us to cease and desist because I think they were thinking, you know, we were infringing on trademarks and all that. So we learned our lesson. Don't choose generic stuff. You got to make stuff up. Bitrunner it is. So, yeah, we have nothing to do with cryptocurrency. The story behind Bitrunner was that David, Lance, and myself used to work at Unique all together. And it's an MLM. Don't get me started on MLMs. I'm not really happy with them. I kind of, I'm glad I don't have to work for an MLM right now. But uh, it was a pretty decent MLM as far as being ethical goes. Uh, There are some bad ones out there, but Unique tries to be as good as they can. That's Besides the point, we're all developers there. And Derek Maxfield is the owner of Unique. And he's he's had a lot of successful startup opportunities. He did NetSteps, and then he decided to start his own uh, MLM after he sold NetSteps for a ton of money. He didn't even need the money. Long story short, he had some family members that had been sexually abused, and he was like, somebody ought to do something about this. And, you know, light bulb. Maybe that person is me. So he started a business so he could fund uh, the Unique Foundation, which is supposed to help prevent sexual abuse and help people recover from sexual abuse. So he, we, we think he's a pretty cool guy. And uh, he invited the entire development department up to his house, which is pretty generous. I mean, this huge house from when he sold NetSteps. And he's got like two pools. He's got a basketball court, etc. You know, it's one of those crazy mansions. So the entire development team went up there, and we were sitting there, David and I, we've been friends forever, and we were like, dude, we should start a business too. Like, just the opportunities that we can give, the the kind of 
leadership that Derek Maxfield has is like inviting people to his house, <laughs> letting them, you know, basically trash his house. It's super nice and stuff. And uh, we're like, I want to be in a position to do this someday. Not only that, um, we were a little fed up with some of the management going on there, and man, they were really ticking us off. So we we're like, you know, we should we should start our own business and be our own bosses and not have to worry about being kept track of and stuff. Because man, working in software, it's so ambiguous as to what it is you're doing. And then people try to introduce numbers and you're like, you have to get so many points done and the points are time-based now instead of complexity-based. It's a, it's a nightmare. And I just, I hate being managed like that. So we were like, we should start our own business, be our own bosses. So we started thinking of ideas and we we're like, you know, we could just sell sticks. You know, we can just pick up sticks, decorate them, and sell them. Because ultimately, that's that's how Unique started. Uh, they love to tell the story of how they started. And they were selling, like, sock ornaments or something. You could put feathers in your hat, feathers in your, on your sock, like leg warmers, and just random stuff. And they finally landed on makeups. The, the fiber lashes are the base of that whole thing. And so we were like, it doesn't matter what we start with. Um, if we pivot often enough, we can find something that works and roll with it. So we started to come up with some ideas. Um, his wife used to be an event planner, and she hated getting temps through these temp agencies to wait tables and things at events because they were unskilled. They had no idea what they were doing. And she was like, I just want an application or something that can connect me to people who know what it is they're doing, and then they can just, you know, they don't need training. They can just do it. So we're like, we could find something that, you know, kind of, gravitates around that so we kind of looked at the peer-to-peer -peer services market um stuff that's out there right now you have thumbtack task rabbit tackle a bunch of other places and it's funny because when we first started thinking about going this route thumbtack was there we found task rabbit and we're like oh man it's already there's already people doing this you know there's competition oh no and we'll probably do an entire episode on competition because just because there's competition doesn't mean that there's no room for you that means that there is a market. And if you can get a little bit of a market share inside of a big market, you can... I, I think people just think about, oh, somebody took that idea already. No, the idea is yours. The execution is everything. People, I, There are no ideas that are original. Um, just as a side note, my wife and I like to write in our free time. Not Me not as much anymore since I've started programming. It's way too much mental capacity I'm using. But uh, she still writes. We used to go to writing conferences and Provo and stuff like that. And uh, we, I just remember there's this guy sitting in front of us talking about how he had this amazing idea to make this book that was post-apocalyptic and was going to be based on Cinderella and the girl's going to be a cyborg and she'd lose like, her leg instead of, you know, a slipper. And he's going to name her Cinder. And then it turns out there's a book called Cinder, which is in a post-apocalyptic world. And she's a cyborg, and her name is Cinder. And he was like, man, she stole my idea, now I can't do it. And I'm like, no. The book that you would have written is entirely different. The bones of it maybe might be similar, but the execution is everything. It is everything. I mean, there's a million gas stations out there, right? You go to 7-Eleven, and it's 7-Eleven. And maybe it's a run-down 7-Eleven, and you're not sure what what's going on there, you're not liking it, versus Maverick or Quick Trip, these places that, they're gas stations too, but they are way nicer. I always go to those gas stations because I love how much space there is. I can always find a pump. I can go inside and it's like, 
almost almost a, a grocery store in there. You know, I can get pretty much anything. And it's it's clean. It looks clean. Everybody's wearing clean uniforms. There's not just, you know, cigarettes and a guy sitting behind a stand, you know, doing whatever. Uh, the execution is everything. And that's what builds your brand loyalty. I mean, Facebook, and we brought this up when we were first talking about the idea. Facebook was not the first social media platform. I mean, first there was MySpace, and MySpace sucked. Like, people abandoned MySpace immediately when Facebook came out. Facebook was the shiz, and that's why people went there. Twitter was not the first one. You know, there's all these social media things that came out, and, you know, they weren't original ideas. There are other streaming services than YouTube. There's Vimeo. There's other stuff. I, I don't know. The idea is there are no original ideas. Competition means that people are paying money for that kind of service. And if you do it better than what's out there, you can have that market share. And you can either beat the competition or you can threaten the competition enough that maybe they just buy your business out. And who's going to say no to a couple million dollars to buy out your business? You know, I'm, I'm just saying that's never an excuse to start a business. That's never an excuse. Your execution is everything. And so David and I were like, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. It's funny because we kept on finding more and more businesses doing this. We're like, oh, no, there's another one. There's Tackle. There's, uh, oh, gosh, there's a bunch of others. But the nice thing is, is that first of all, we know there's a market. Second of all, if you look at the FCC trading, uh, is it FCC, uh, SEC, whatever it is, the Trading Commission, FTC, I, I don't know, it's too many acronyms. You can actually look up how much companies were bought for, and we could find stuff like, you know, Tackle was originally funded for $16 million, and then they get, that was for their Series A. And we were like, oh my gosh, we could get funding really easily on this if we build it. And so, yeah, I think I talked about funding last time, so I'm not going to talk uh, details into funding. Uh, this is more especially to talk about what BitRunner is. So BitRunner is an application that connects workers with customers. This, this bit, the basics of it all. Um, originally, it was supposed to be a feed where, you know, like if I want to find somebody to help me move, I can look them up. But, you know, how, many often do, how often do you need people to help you move? It's not very often, so there's not very much of a market there of money that comes in. So we're like, we should go to recurring services where you scroll in and you're like, where can I find a piano teacher? Where can I find a construction worker to, to fix my, my uh, or to remodel my basement, etc. These kind of things. Where can I find somebody that's going to clean my house? I want to be able to see that they've been reviewed by their own customers, not by some Yelp application, but they're, they're verified paid. And I can find those people. And that's kind of how we started. We we're going to have to market towards the customer and, you know, we'd have to market for every market, like for cleaning and for building and for lawn care and all these other things. And as I was taking on marketing, I was thinking, man, this is going to be really hard to market to that many audiences at once. It's going to be stupid expensive. So we came up with the idea for, at least for the beginning, what we want to do is market towards the workers and be like, hey, this application actually solves a pain point that people need more than, you know, just like, I need something to find people. I mean, that's what Google is for, for those customers. But for the workers, and I, I've been there before. My dad was a home remodeler. I've worked in lawn care before. I've worked in, uh, I was a cello teacher for a while, and I've taken cello lessons from other people. I've There's all these different kinds of services where it sucks to billing. 
you know, uh, I would aerate people's lawns and we'd expect them to pay us. And so I'd knock on the door and be like, hey, can I get a check for this? And they were never there because I was always doing it in the afternoon when they're at work. So they never answered the door, which means we had to send an invoice. And when you send an invoice, maybe they get it, maybe they don't. Maybe they moved, maybe it's new people, which in that case wasn't actually, you know, a problem. But uh, usually you'd have to send out these invoices and then be like, well, it's been 30 days. So now I have to send out another invoice. Maybe I need to call them now. And before you know it, you're not aerating lawns anymore. You're just calling people trying to collect money and who's to make sure they actually do it. When I was working with my dad as a home remodeler, and this, this story just irks me because my mom had cancer at the time. We didn't have insurance, so we were paying everything out of pocket. And let me tell you, like when your mom flies to Florida and she comes back and has a heart attack and goes into uh, cardiac arrest on the plane and you have to get an ambulance to come to the airport, pick her up, take her to the hospital in Atlanta, uh, it cost us like 12000 bucks. And my dad, I mean... <laughs> Oh, my dad didn't make any money. He was, he, uh, that was like a third of his yearly income right there. That summer, my dad and I were working on somebody's house. It was a rental property this guy had bought. And he was like, yeah, let's renovate this place. We're going to paint it. We're going to turn it from a dump into a nice place. And by the time we were done, it was pretty nice. And I'm not sure how much my dad was supposed to, to collect from this guy. But the guy at the end said, no, I don't like this. I'm not paying you. And my dad, being the man with a golden heart, didn't press for it. He didn't take it to a small claims court, anything. He just, man, my dad is the most patient man. Uh, he just took it. Uh, that's really sad. But, I mean, that would have paid for that ambulance ride that my dad ended up having to put on a credit card and pay off for years and years. Um, this is the kind of stuff that just irks small business owners and people who are good at something. My dad was the best Tyler you have ever seen. He was the most honest worker you have ever seen. People would give him keys to his house, to their house, and he would go there every day and he would be absolutely courteous. He'd clean up after himself. He would be, he was just the greatest person ever to get something done on your house. And he undercharged and didn't get paid sometimes. It just irks me to think about that. Um, these are the kinds of things that take you away from what you're good at and you send, end up having to be your own receptionist. And that's horrible. So we were like, we are going to make an application where if somebody hires you to do a job, that money is reserved in their account until that job is done. So they have not been charged, but it has been reserved. It's kind of like that, uh, available balances it's taken out. So it's not in their available balance anymore. And then once the job is complete, they click a button to say, I'm releasing those funds. Those funds are released, but it's already in escrow. You know that money's going to come toward you and we'll have a way of um, negotiating. So first of all, scheduling appointments. Uh, when I was doing that lawn aeration thing, well, the guy that was running the business had to call people at, at every season and call them and be like, hey, you had us aerate your lawn last spring. Do you want us to do it this fall? Then you have to try to do a sale there. You'd have to set up a time and you'd have to say, you know, I've got a guy in that area probably next week and whatever. But what a horrible business idea of having to do, instead of aerating and making money, you have to sit there and talk to people and call them, etc. When you could have an application do all of that for you. And that's the purpose of BitRunner is that 
as a business owner, you can schedule all of your appointments on a single app. You can handle all of your payments on a single app. You have conflict resolution on there. You have support. It's easy to use. You give it to your customers. So every every person that we bring on, uh, every worker that we bring on will bring their customer base. Hopefully they'll have an existing customer base. And they'll do the marketing for it. And we will charge a small price. This is where a lot of our competition fails. And this is one of the this is the other thing that's nice about having competition is you can see where they failed and what was a bad idea. Um I mean they had investors behind them. So they're like, we need to drive a profit now. And so we have tackle charging somewhere around forty percent of every transaction that happens on their app. They they follow your app your phone around to see if you go back to that place and then they like blacklist you and you know try to make your life miserable while draining your phone. It's a horrible user experience. I mean, who's gonna pay someone to mow their lawn at 140% of the normal price so that someone else can take that money? That's a terrible idea. TaskRabbit charged about 30%. And the idea is why not charge something way smaller? Like Nobody complains about an 8% tax on a purchase, right? So if you keep it under 10%, it's about the same as taxes. It's enough to be invisible. So that's one of the ideas we've had. You can have like a monthly subscription that uh, you can unlock different levels. Uh, We'll talk about monetizing at some point down the road because uh, I've seen businesses where they're like, we have one way of monetizing. We have one subscription price that gets you everything. And I'm like, no, you should have a series of tiers. I mean, you see it even on Podbean, right? If I want to store a bunch of stuff out there, I have to start going to the $9 a month, or I can unlock more features at 29 or all the features at 99 per month. You want to have different ways of monetizing, and we'll, we'll have a, an entire episode on that. So, yeah, we were coming back from that uh, pool party at Derek Maxfield's house at Unique, and... David and I were talking about business ideas and whatever. And I think Lance was sitting in front of us and he kind of turns around. And he's like, do you guys want to do a business together? <laughs> and at first I thought he was going to be like one of those, you know, I'm the idea guy. I can whatever. Lance has turned out to be the best at everything. Um, we made him the CTO because he is uh, in charge of DevOps at Unique and he was really good. I mean, he's just good at infrastructure, building a site, etc. And he got us started way faster than it would have been otherwise. Um, So yeah, the three of us kind of decided we were going to do it. We started meeting in Lance's basement, and I mean, the rest is history. We've had to pivot a few times. Like I said, you know, we were originally going to pitch it to customers, but then uh, for marketing uh, costs and stuff like that, we're going to start with workers, etc. And so we've had some pivots along the way. Um, You can always check out our our current progress at staging.bitrunner.com and see what it is that we have so far. I mean, it's kind of just a, it's a wireframey website. We're kind of building it. It's all in progress. Every time we make a new iteration on anything, it goes up on staging.bitrunner.com. So uh, if you want to see what it is we're building, just go there and tinker around. Um, You'll have to create an actual account because um, the services that we're using require an actual account, etc. So don't be making any dummy accounts or you'll regret it. Yeah, so that is pretty much what BitRunner is. If you have questions, um, I'm, I'm happy to answer them. Go ahead and comment on the uh, Podbean app. And yeah, 
feel free to contact me. Uh, I'm posting these on um, various sites. And uh, I think that just about wraps it up for episode two of On Trippin' Oars. I'll talk to you guys next time.